Hey, Soraya, how's it going? All right, how about you? I'm doing great. I have two options for you today of a topic that we can discuss. Okay. Either nothing or everything. Oh, you know, everything sounds very, very good. Yeah. Why don't you let our listeners know what we mean by everything? Well, this was prompted by a discussion that the three of us, you, myself, and our uh, very frequent co-host, Ronnie Barnett, were talking, and we were talking about the Bengals, and Ronnie had mentioned that the album, Everything, um, is very underrated, and there's some quotes that we'll, we'll throw out that he's been uh, saying a little bit later, but... Um, we figured we need to discuss this from his point of view, because in my opinion, um, this is my least favorite of their albums, and Ronnie holds it in much higher regard, so I thought it'd be very interesting to to pull him on. We thought it'd be very interesting to get his perspective, right? Absolutely. And uh, I don't know, buckle up. This is going to be a fun one. I think so. <laughs> so let's get started. Hi, this is Soraya. And this is Jeff. Our podcast is called Paisley Stage Raspberry and Rhyme. A podcast where the two of us play music that we like and share anecdotes and background about the tunes. We hope you'll join our conversation. And without further ado, agrubiar. Let's get groovy. No, no, no. I'm just okay. joking. Yeah. I don't mean to be the guy that's on the hot seat here. Oh, excuse me, Jeff. <laughs> yep. You ready? I do. I gave that to Jeff Sorry, I'm sorry. Oh. I should have given, given it to you. No, no, no. It's <laughs> it's in a good home. Yeah. All I right. can visit it from time to time. There you go. <laughs> so, Jeff, uh, for our listeners joining us, this is the one and only the great legend, uh, Ronnie Barnett. Swoon, swoon, keep, swoon. Keep them coming. Keep those descriptions coming, Soraya. <laughs> All right. So, thanks, thanks for having me, you guys, as always. <laughs> now, we've alerted the listeners that we're here to discuss that album right there, The Bangles, Everything. Okay, so I want to share with you what, and Jeff, is a, don't, don't, be, don't be prejudicial yet, okay? So let me just share a quote from a review, all right? But Ronnie, really, you need to explain to us why this is an underrated album. So this is from um, Robert Criscow says, this time they're serious. They wrote all the songs themselves, got two about suicide, one about a complicated girl, a historical thing about glitter and eight, well, love songs, but serious. He only rated the album a B minus. Rolling Stone gave a similar ish review saying strong music, lyrics. Mm. And then this is from another review. Everything is a work dominated by compromises, but at the very least, it allowed the Bengals a shade more freedom and autonomy than different light. And of the two, it's easily the better album, though it still fails well short of the promise of their first recordings. Do you agree with that or disagree? I'm going to go home. That's that's a 
<laughs> That's all it needs to be said. Thanks, Soraya. All right. Okay, Ronnie. So why are we talking about this album? First off, I haven't been on one of these with you guys where we just break down a record. This is interesting. I'm, I'm used to asking people questions. Exactly. Um, yeah, this is... A before we get into the record, I want to show you guys a couple of things here. All right. One, Jeff, you'll like this, Jeff, because you're a Beatles person. This is the French cover. Oh. Wait, what? Sorry. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. No. It's legit. It's legit, too. I'll show you the label. It's... Oh, wow. CBS. Yeah, yeah. Uh, why they went with that, I couldn't tell you, but... uh. Oh my yeah. gosh. You recognize that cut you recognize that graphic. Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh so. my God. Anyway, okay, now then, I want that. And yeah. then just uh see. Too. Oh, you oh you want it. Um, you guys that are so anyway. And I just want to tell a little background story. So so I was I, I was and remain huge Bengals fan, right? Um and uh at the time. I, of course, was working in a record store. I was friends. That was back in the day when you'd have reps from all the labels and they would come give you promos and put up displays in the store and all that kind of thing. So I was friends with all of them, of course. And um, at the time, Columbia um, would get their promos exactly a week before release date, okay? So my guy knew I was a huge Bengals fan. I was waiting on this record. Um, and... The week before the Bengals were actually starting a tour opening for George Michael, who was doing stadiums at the time. Okay. So this would be late 1988. Um, so before jumping on this tour, they hadn't played for a while. They decided to do a club show in Houston, my hometown. Okay. This is one week before the release date. So I got the record that day. Um, and it's kind of a long story how I got backstage. They didn't want anybody backstage. And, and at that time, I was wearing the, a hat. It was part of just something I did. I should, I should go back to wearing hats, you know, with my hairline and everything these days. But um, uh, so I was wearing a hat. And I guess always visible in the crowd. And, and my, the Columbia guy, Sue, said, where's my friend with a hat? Just out loud. And my friend's like, that's my friend, Ronnie. You want me to get him? So I was still hanging out. And, and so I got backstage, whatever. And so I, I had a copy of the record. They had not seen the record yet. So this copy, which you can see is nicely signed by them, was not only, this is the first copy they ever saw of the record. Wow. Whoa. It's just very copy. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyway, so that's my copy of everything. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's just a personal story of interest. So that's getting awesome. to the getting to the record. What was the question against Ryan? <laughs> Why are we talking about this album? Uh, because we were talking about this record because because no one talks about this record and it, it and it 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 baffled it's baffled me since then. Um, like it's their third record. Um, it, it it it's the one where they really like went for it on this record like um because you guys are familiar with the catalog all over the place is like unbelievable record right and, and mm. it's like but and, and it's like the early bangles just you know going for it there mm -hmm. as, as the band they were as the band they started at and 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 
and got signed and, and did, right? So obviously uh, after that record, they, they wanted to go commercial and they did, right? So Different Light is like, you know, a quarter of the songs are written by other people. Of course we know, Manic Monday, Prince, blah, blah, blah. And it worked, right? It was a commercial success. They toured that record for like two years. Um, um, and for better or worse, it worked. I mean, um, you know, walk, walk like an Egyptian. I mean, that's very far away from, uh, from getting out of hand. Right. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. so I, and, and again, I'm speculating with all this, I don't know, but my, my interpretation is, is like, um, cause I remember the last time, again, they, they came through town like three times after different light and in town, I mean, in Houston, I was still in Houston. And I remember the last tour, they, they each played a new song. Each member did one new song that they presented and, um, and they're all on this record. Uh, Sue was I'll set you free. Vicky's was crash and burn. Um, Debbie's was be with you and Michael's was glitter years. And so, I think like after different light and it's, you know, it's well known how, what, how, what, how hard David Kahn was the producer uh, on them making that record and everything. And I think, uh, I think they decided, look, we want to make a band record. We want to be involved with the writing of every song in some capacity. Um, and we want to be, it's, it, it, the record is like almost evenly split. Right. Mm -hmm. um, um, and I, I think for of course not every song is great, but but I think most songs are actually great on this record, and I I think it's more of a band record than than definitely more of a band record than Different Light. Um, and there's also little things we can get into. I mean, this is like Michael Steele's coming out party on this record. I mean, her her three songs are are incredible on this record. Um, you know, on Different Light, look, she sang a a, a lazy cover. All right. September Girls, sorry, it's a lazy we're, cover. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, you know, and then there's Following, which I guess is a good song. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that song's always baffled me a little bit. I like again. I, I guess it's good. Um, but uh, anyway, we can get to the nooks and crannies of this record. But that's just kind of a brief kind of synopsis. I see this as a real, a real band effort, and them really trying to create a. I, I know you guys joke when I call this their Sergeant Peppers. But it kind of is like there's there's all sorts of things on here. There's strings and there's there's the different arrangements and 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 really complex um, stuff going on on this record. Okay, Jeff. So Ronnie's made a pretty good case. Now you titled this episode "Sergeant Pepper" or "Private Pile." Surprise! 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 Now, why? What's your what's your view of this? album so i didn't realize what i really liked about some of the music that i liked soraya until we first started doing the podcast and you um actually brought to light something uh a characteristic about some of the music that i like that i've never realized until we started having discussions and that was the fact that grittiness um and uh, a little bit of roughness and that's something that I really liked about like some of the early Bengal stuff and the garage garagey feel that they had by this time with this album and this is my least favorite of their whole catalog including Doll Revolution and their latest record but this 
So this is my, my least favorite. And it's because it's so clean. It's so pure. It doesn't, to me, it does, there's no grittiness to it at all. I like the album. It's not that I don't like it, but in, in their disc, discography, this is my least favorite because it just seems too, too crystalline, like too pure, too, there's no grittiness to it. Mm. That, that I, even with different light that I would hear. And I thought, Ronnie, I thought for sure the reason why you liked it was because there's some kiss connections. Actually, we'll get into that. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> but for me, it's 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 just too too pure. There's there's no, it doesn't have enough uh, grittiness to it. N enough, um, I don't know, um, street. I guess you would say, where you would hear for sure on the EP and even more and all over the place. Even I I feel like even the the newer releases have a little bit of that that this record doesn't have. Well, I think that's an interesting point because you can also question or wonder, is that kind of symptomatic of where they were with the label and at the time? Because when you listen to the album, there's a lot of things that are very symptomatic of the time, like certain sounds, certain arrangements. It's like, oh yeah, that's an 80s record. But some of the lyrics are, I I argue with, with a Rolling Stones review, I think some of the lyrics are, are really, really good. And the writing is turning away from others and letting them have a voice. So to me, there's something there. Now, I do want to bring up this whole kiss connection. And you guys can, you know, jump off on that. But I think some of the musicians brought on to add to this album are they're curious to me now looking back on it, but I think it was pretty interesting. So they bring in like Paulinho da Costa, who's a percussionist, who's working like Earth, Wind and Fire, uh, you know, Sergio Mendes, and he's on this album. You know, David Lindley, El Rayo Equis, you know, but on. And then looking at some of the other writers, some, you know, there's some interesting additions here. So, and then we've got, the whole issue of Vinnie Vincent. So, Ronnie, yeah, well, what, does it does Vinnie Vincent being on this album and playing that twelve string does that make or break this album? Does it add anything to it? Before we get get to that, let's backtrack about some of the stuff that's been said since I spoke. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, like Jeff, go. like like Jeff, like first off, this album came out in 1988. Every record, every major rec label record has 80s production, I, I, all of them, Bob Dylan, whatever, like right, everybody. Right. That's just a, uh, that's just the way it was. Like um, my friend Jim has a, a saying about the late, late 80s that we had, we had bands that kind of got us through the 80s. Bands like Three O'Clock is one of them, like Jason and the Scorchers, you know, the, the Godfathers. Like there were these bands that kind of, kind of got us through that stuff that were kind of, you know, anyway. Um, and Jeff, yeah, you're if you're looking for a rock and roll record, this is yeah, this is not it. Um, so I mean, um, I, I'm a song guy. So I mean, the songs on here are like, I mean, Sing Doll Revolution is better than this record, is just that's ridiculous. Um, in my in my in my estimation. Uh, and that's just pound for pound song songwriting. Um uh again, I don't want to offend anybody of my friends that might be watching this. Um, <laughs> um who may or may not be in the band. Um, 
anyway, so that's that's why I that, that's why I'm drawn to this record. I mean, um, because I I think the songwriting for the most part is just stellar. Even um even Debbie's uh contributions, like the the bridges on the both those songs mm-hmm. are tremendous. Um whether you like those songs or not, the, you got to give it up for the bridge. Agreed. Um, yes. Um, um, and then uh, I forgot what else I was going to say. Gomer Pyle reference. That's an old reference uh, for the audience at this point. Um, <laughs> if you didn't know, Gomer Pyle, folks, was a show about a, a, a guy who was a, had a very high-pitched country voice, except when he sang. And yes, he would <laughs> sing. He would sing on the show. Yeah, 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 which is unbelievable anyway soraya to get to vinnie vince like okay there's a lot of there's a lot of um hired guns songwriting rise wise on this record right like uh tom kelly and billy steinberg i think co-wrote all Susanna songs or with her um and then yeah somehow somehow vicky got paired up with vinnie vincent on a song here um and i gotta say that might be the word that might be my least favorite song on the record uh yeah um i i, I not because it's Vinnie Vincent, just, you know, anyway. Um, look, Vinnie Vincent, that's, he was one of those guys. He was one of those songwriting guys that was trying to sell songs at the time. There were a lot of them. Um, um, does it sound like a Kiss song? No. Um, well, would you- And then what's, what's the other Kiss connection, Jeff? Oh, the producer. So the producer, David Sigerson. Yeah. Also, or- what's that? No, no, I, was, I always wondered how to pronounce his name because it's spelled D-A-V-I-T-T. Yeah, so is it David? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he also co-wrote a song with Gene Simmons from Crazy Nights. Ah. Good girl, good girl Gone Bad. So, yeah, so there's the Gene and the Vinny uh, Vincent connection. but It all leads back to Kiss. Or, uh, always. Oh. Right? Oh, and that, oh, and then another... Another thing I want to comment on, it was on what you said, sorry, about all the, uh, the, uh, the people, the percussion, all the different people uh, that, that play on the record. Um, look, they didn't, at this, for this record, they didn't need somebody to play, you know, bar chords through a fuzz box. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're, they're so they, they need a little percussion here. You know, they used, they used, for better or worse, they utilize that stuff. And, um, you know, there are definitely parts that are overproduced uh, within an inch of their lives. Um, you know, even on like, um, Complicated Girls, one of my favorite songs on the record. And it's, you know, it's got a lot of overproduction on it. Um, I think it works, though. Um, I don't know if we're getting into songs, specific songs here. We can. Yeah. So, but I found, I found your, uh, one of your initial observations interesting about The Division. So Sue has, uh, Susanna Hoffs has four songs. Michael has three. Vicky has. Four. One, two, three, yeah, four. And Debbie has two. Yeah. So it's pretty interestingly divided. Well, you know the thing about that too? I don't know if you guys are familiar with the B side of Eternal Flame. It's a song mm-hmm. called uh, What I Meant to Say. Right. That's a that's a Debbie, it was written by Debbie and Vic. That's a Debbie song, and it, it's it's arguably would be one of the best songs on the record if it was on the record. That's a great, great song. And I believe it was recorded in the same session, along with another track. I think there was another yeah. one as well. That's there are two crazy. that didn't uh, make it. Yeah. yeah. All, all okay. The same session, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting. Who knows what went into those? Well, I've been on the other side of some of those decisions where you're deciding what makes the record and not. And, um, you know, sometimes the best songs don't make it on for whatever reason. 
So, why would that? Why would that be, Ronnie? We're like, in in what situation would you leave off like some of the better tracks? Uh, it, it it's generally because it doesn't fit okay. the, the hall as well. Okay. Uh, and and somebody's opinion, you know okay. what I mean? So that that's that's generally what happens. Um, so there is that track around the world by the three o'clock that didn't make it onto the sixteen tambourines album. It's one of my favorite three o'clock album songs, rather. But it really right. it doesn't fit on that album, to be honest. But it's a great song. Yeah, that's that's why that generally happens. But yeah, yeah. Maybe it'll be on the reissue. The 16 oh. tambourines, yeah, which is coming. Mm. Things are <laughs> popping out here today, right? I, I know we're I know we're not. Yeah, yeah. I know we're He's not a wealth of that. information. I'm I'm gonna yeah. okay. Well, well, let's talk about this and then this cohesive whole of 13 <laughs> songs, okay. Yeah. So, uh, Jeff, you're the guy that always likes to look at the track, the tracks, the listing. Do you think In Your Room should have started out this album? Yeah, I do think that that's a good opening track. Yeah, and it definitely gets the album going. And I, I just want to be clear that I like this album. I just, it's, I just don't think that it is underrated <laughs> or needs a lot of discussion. It's a good album. Um, I, I, I'm just surprised that Ronnie calls it their Sgt. Peppers, but it 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 it's make it makes sense to me when you're when you're talking about the effort that they put into it and the strings and all that. But yeah, definitely in your room is a is a good way to start this album, in my opinion. Um, and before we continue with um the rest of the tracks, but I think it's an it's interesting to just go back to something Ronnie's mentioned, and that is this album is posited between so we've got We've got um, all over the place, different light. I mean, I, the EP, all over the place, different light. And then we get to everything. And it's been this evolution back to kind of reclaiming their voice lyrically of writing the songs themselves because different light has so many songs that were just not written by them, you know, and they were the ones that became huge and took off. And then this album, this album, don't, don't, you know, turn your back on it because it had one of the biggest global hits bloody eternal flame what you know in 88 well i was well out of high school but uh what high school dance didn't have eternal flame you yeah. know uh, i mean it was everywhere didn't matter where you traveled eternal flame was on a couple of weeks ago i see susanna hoffs here in los angeles talking about her book she does Four songs. Any guess which one ended the night, folks? Mm -hmm. Eternal Flame. A, a nice acoustic version of her playing uh, Eternal Flame and Fred Armisen, you know, playing the drums and um, uh, on the cymbals. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, Jeff. John Kalachi. Thank you. John Kalachi playing oh. the little finger cymbal. Of, of course, Kalachi has to get involved. <laughs> oh. I mean, but <laughs> but again, and then something I read that was interesting, this album, somebody uh, in writing about it said, this album mirrors different light. And so it was interesting to me to see this album, you know, it's not chopped liver, but I think maybe people's expectations were different. Maybe the, you know, being much more involved in the writing process, maybe some of the mojo well, got lost. I don't know. 
No, no. Well, them coming off um, such a big record. I mean, obviously there's expectations that you're going to continue to to do it. And um, yeah, Eternal Flame is a, is a great song. I mean, it's not rock and roll, but it's a great song. I mean, I know people probably got sick of it. Like you say, that song was everywhere. Um, and then getting in your, you know, in your room was the first single, yeah. by the way. Um, and that's a, that's a great getting back to that great first single and great, great opening song. song, great opening song. And then you gotta, you gotta love all the strings, the way that, that, the way that one ends mm-hmm. with all the, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I hate to keep saying ambitious, but I mean, I think they're really trying to make a band record, you know, as opposed to something. I, I, I don't I'm speculating on different light, how it was put together, but just, you know, I think it was conscious that they wanted to be involved with, with every song yeah. on this one. You know, yeah. I think they want, they had a lot to prove to themselves and to everyone else. Um, yeah. Okay. Well then, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead, Jeff. I was just going to say, Ronnie, um, so they brought in some um, co-writers on this to help them write some of the songs. Is that a, a concern or issue for you that they had these co-writers helping them write these songs? Um, no, I think, uh, I, I think they, I think they needed the pot. I think they probably needed the polish to be honest. Um, you know, the whole thing about having your, all that time to have the songs for your first record. I mean, you know, I, I, my, maybe my impression is cause it was the way different light was that, that they were not especially prolific, uh, writing songs. And, uh, <coughs> You know, and that's kind of true with the uh, the records they've made on their own, um, the you know Doll Revolution and, and uh, the other one. I mean, those they cover Elvis Costello. They cover they cover songs on those records. I mean, um, you know, uh, and, and besides Sue, I mean, there's been no solo albums. You know, it, it's always blown my mind. There's been no Vicky solo album. Um, you know, Debbie had that project i guess mm-hmm. uh um yeah i i don't know I, I just never got the impression that they were really that prolific writing songs so um look to have songs this good i that the, the help worked all right all right whoever that guy might michael Steele really becomes the george harrison of the band on this record and uh yeah i've been saving that one um and whoever she, I, I, I didn't recognize the name of her co-writer, but I mean, um, you know, I'm going to give the guy some credit. All right. Those thing, those thing, Michael's band, um, she had a band called Crash Wisdom in the 90s right. that I saw. Oh, and? Um, and great song. She, there were great songs. Um, so Michael could write, you know. Yeah, I don't think we can argue about that. For sure. no, yeah, absolutely yeah. Absolutely not. So then the band takes a hiatus after this record. Do you think that it was as a result of this record? Um, yeah, probably, you know, they were probably just sick of each other, I think. Um, band dynamics. Yeah. I mean, you know, they've been through a lot. I mean, it's, it's hard to go through. It, it, it seems like, oh, they had hits and they, they were big and then you're on top of the world. It's really like, makes things really, I mean, not that I can speak with any experience, but um, there's a lot of hardship that goes with that too. It's hard to, uh, 
in my own case, I've always, I've always thought like if, if the mouse had had like a big hit, we had to like travel around for a year and like, you know, fly from Australia back here to do the Grammys and fly back. And so I, I don't, I, I don't think we would have held, I wouldn't have held up. I don't, I don't think it, it's, it's tough. Um, so yeah, I think they're probably a little sick of that. They're probably, there's probably, there are probably some in band uh, issues, maybe somebody was being groomed to be a solo person and it rubbed the other ones <laughs> the wrong way. Um, yeah. Maybe that person got a little more attention. Maybe that person was starring in movies, movies. <laughs> um, you know, and posing in a bikini on the poster for that movie and, you know, getting on covers of spin. Like she was, it was just her on the cover of spin. I mean, that, that kind of thing um, drives wedges in, in, into a band, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, believe me, I'm sure even the Doors got sick of seeing Jim Morrison everywhere, right? Like, um, uh, friend of mine had John Dinsmore sign that first Doors album cover, and John Dinsmore like, oh yeah, look at this guy's big face on here. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. <laughs> and this is like 40 years later, so you know, uh, yeah, I think I think they probably just needed a break. I mean, especially with all the, again, all the pressure that comes with like having to follow up follow-up hits and be expected to do it again and and uh all the money involved i mean you know who knows how much money they spent making this record uh, you know they probably spent a million bucks making this record um so yeah again speculating but yeah. um because they've never told us themselves maybe no. they'll write a book one day possibly <laughs> yeah yeah it's happening Possibly. <laughs> All right. We, we'll, we've, we'll got, <laughs> we've got a few minutes left. So yeah. I want to know, Ronnie, yes. what is by far the best track of this 13? So just to walk through the listing, uh, track one in your room, then complicated girl, bell jar, something to believe in, eternal flame, be with you, glitter years, I'll set you free watching the sky some dreams come true make a play for her now waiting for you and then crash and burn what's the track people cannot skip uh well you know what i'd recommend and then yeah let's give vicky some props here because because bell jar and watching the sky are both if you want some rock jeff watching the sky is, is pretty heavy it, it's built around that big riff and it's got the big john bonham drums um um, I hope that's Debbie drumming. Um, uh, so let's give Vicky some pro Those are the songs I would recommend to somebody. But, you know, listening to this album last night, you know what song really, like, I really loved that kind of stood out? And this is a, this is a real wild card. Was um, Something to Believe In. Oh. Yeah. I, I thought it was really beautiful. Like, really, really, mm -hmm. really great. Yeah. So, um, again, that's... I love Michael's voice on that one. I have yes. to Yeah. No, Michael's so so great. So great. There's another right. one. Why did she make a solo album? Jesus Christ. Yeah, that would give us album. her number. We'll ask. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but, Jeff. What's your track to not skip? You know what? I uh, I love the last three seconds of Bell Jar where they, when they just drop to their voice. Right. That is a great way to end the song. I was I've been listening to it the last couple of days and preparing for this. And when it gets to that last part of Bell Jar, I, I really, really like the ending of that song quite a bit. So, uh, I mean, you, you got to wait 
three minutes and 15 seconds to get to it but <laughs> that's a great song it is a good song <laughs> but my favorite part of the song is the last couple of minutes of it but yeah. pure vicky that's that's pure vicky too like that's not you know what i mean that doesn't sound yeah. like anybody yeah sorry go ahead jeff no that's it <laughs> all right what's the track to miss wait 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 sorry what? what about yours yeah what's oh, yours, mine sir? is crash and burn oh oh wow crash wow. and burn it is it is not lost on anyone who's listened to us for what a hundred and almost 190 episodes i got i love got mad love for vicky yes you do and yeah. crash and burn oh, i yeah. really like that track a lot i mean i love in your room i always have yeah and i love to try and imitate susanna's voice it never comes out <laughs> like that but i love crash and burn so that's here you okay. sit let's hear you sing it right now soraya <laughs> oh god i gotta plug my nose and get my i gotta get uh, nasally okay. hey also long. props to crash and burn too co-written with rachel sweet yeah the great rachel I mean, sweet yeah they brought in some really good songwriters and some people like uh those of us who grew up in the 70s would know rachel sweet you know just from her own career but she's a damn good songwriter and they brought her in and i thought it was an interesting mix and they brought out a great song. I like it a lot. Okay, track two, skip over. Ronnie? Uh, me? Yeah. Um, yeah, I said it before. Make a play for her now. Um, I just, I just, I I just don't think it's that strong a song. Um, I think it, I don't know. It it sounds forced. It sounds like forced songwriting to me. I just invented that term. Um, <laughs> it's, it's it's like it's like you they, they took a bunch of like these are the ways to write a song and just created that song like in a like an ai thing okay Jeff. Be, yeah i wouldn't miss waiting for you Susan, mm. on here i wouldn't miss that one being on here in fact i think sue songs i think on this particular release are are the weak links for me what well, i think waiting for you is her best vocal though if that makes any sense oh, she no. really sing, she yeah. really sings well on that song like she really yeah i would agree i would agree her voice is yeah. amazing yeah yeah you're, you're right but as yeah. a song to me it's a, a little sleeper fair enough but yeah her voice is amazing on there agreed soraya Our, yeah uh i if i gotta pick I'll set you free. Okay. That's fair. That that's that that's that's on the lower end for me too. But so that that probably would have been my next after um make a play for now. That that probably would have been the one I would lose. Okay. So question. In if we're talking about and let's not think about after um everything, but uh all over the place. Different light, everything. Where's your one, two, three? What, how would you, where would you put them in your own personal listing, Ronnie? Me? Um, all over the place, and then this one, and then different light. Jeff? Yeah. Um, in order that they were released. So all over the place, then different light, then this one. And, I, I, and I'm more apt to follow your lead there, Jeff. Just... I think, and, and that's just personal place. But um, you know, I think- 
interrupt for a second? Yeah, go ahead. I do want to add that talking to Ronnie about this has definitely changed how I think about this, to be honest. So I okay. knew like you're on a different perspective. Would um I mean I want to I want to go back and listen to it again after having this discussion, to be honest. This is all I this is all I wanted. <laughs> everything Ronnie's I want, everything I wanted. Everything I wanted to quote the bangles. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jeff. That's all. I just think the record deserves more than just being dismissed. Um, most people dismiss it. Most people got sick of Eternal Flame and just, you know, it, it, they lost the, the original rock crowd by then right. anyway. You know what I mean? It's one of those situations. So, you know, um, I don't know. I just think I, I just, I, I hate this. It's always just baffled me that no one really pays respect to this record. You know, I definitely that's all. that red cover, French cover. Right. <laughs> I need to have that now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I um, want that one. Yeah. I, I'm so jealous right now. Ridiculously. <laughs> I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, I figured, I, I don't think most people <laughs> know that exists. But uh, I knew you'd go wild. I know you guys would go wild for that. That's why I pulled it out. <laughs> also want to mention the, uh, that, that, um, Cherry Pop through Cherry Red did their CDs like 10 years ago, or 2012. Oh. So, so the CD of this has what I meant to say and um, a couple other songs on the record remix, but I recommend getting this uh, version. The Cherry Not, Red? The, the Cherry Red. just and, and that goes for all of them. Like, uh, you know, Different Light is like a two-CD set, you guys? Yeah. Yeah. So they did them all, but um, I recommend searching those out if they're still available. Who knows? They could be, they could be cherry red stuff tends to go out of print. So you only have the license for that long, so long, you know? So, okay. yeah. Yeah. I don't own any of the cherry red versions of any of these. Get on it, Jeff. I do. I need to. <laughs> now we need them. Especially, you know, you can hear all these different mixes of walking down your street and stuff since you love that record so much. Maybe, maybe there's, maybe there's a mix of us standing in the hallway. Ronnie. Is that what it's called? I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boys. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's sorry. Sorry. So nothing but love for everything now. And we've talked about it. Love it. I'm glad we've I got you guys to do it. this. Appreciate right. it. And Ronnie, you've you've got a convert. Yeah, I think I mean that he wants to hear it again. Just, just thinking about some of this stuff. I love it. I want to yeah. listen to it with the Ronnie Barnett filter is what Ooh, I want. To see? There you go. There, there you go. go. Put some headphones on, Jeff. There's a lot going on on this. Okay, yeah. Ronnie. So now now I got to ask. Yeah. What other album is underrated? When can we have you back and what are we going to talk about? Oh, man. There's a lot, but um, sure. Yeah. For, yeah. I mean, that's that's long awaited, right? Vermilion. Um, I've always envisioned a grand, more of a like like you know getting everybody involved. The 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 uh, A and R guy first off, who I do know. Um, you know what were they thinking? Uh, the band. Look, there he is. All right, great. He's already listening, Soraya. So we've lost. Yeah, him. You know, so we should just sign off at this point. Yeah, and for million, you know. I, it's hard for me to really say that that's a great record, but I just appreciate it. Um, you know, but again, most people, <laughs> including the band, do, do not. So, 
Maybe I'll bring oh. that up tomorrow during the Q&A, the inevitable Q&A. Uh, let's, talk oh. about, let's talk about Vermilion, you guys. Oh, even though Lewis won't have an opinion. But oh, he, has or a- he may have an opinion, just maybe yeah. not one that needs well, to be. Remember I asked him about it? He, so he said he hadn't heard it. Yeah. <laughs> to this day. And he's like, I certainly didn't buy it. And yeah, I haven't heard it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, considering... Uh, Jeff and I kind of clued him into certain things that were released, like the Salvation Army one, you know, uh, and he's all, nope, don't have it. No one sent it to me. I'm hoping that at least they gave him Barocco Dan. Well, Danny Danny told me a good story when the, uh, when that live one on Burger came out or whatever, that um, they had gotten together for like, I think one of the Wild Honey rehearsals or whatever. And, um, Danny handed uh, Lewis that record. Lewis looked at front and back and then gave it to somebody else right away. Oh. Like, like he did. <laughs> wow. No, yeah. no, he doesn't have, I, I which I, I got to respect that actually. Yeah. That's rough. Me. I'm like, I look, I need 10 copies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jeff, anything else about everything? No, but I am going to throw my headphones on as soon as we're done here, and I'm going to listen to it again through the Ronnie Barnett filter. (laughs) And with that, folks, Ronnie Barnett rides off into the sunset, head held high, hat on. There we go. Give the record another chance, folks. All right. You guys be nice, and I'll uh, I'll see you soon. Thanks, Ronnie. Well, yeah, I'll see you. I mean, this isn't in real time, but yeah, I'll see see you guys tomorrow. And, uh, I'm leaving the meeting now. All right. All right. Be nice. Be nice. Thanks for thanks for doing this, Ronnie. We thanks for having you. me. Thanks for having Thank me. you for okay. everything. It's a public service. All right. <laughs> bye. Bye bye. I love Ronnie Barnett always. Yeah. And but look, he brought up some good points and things that we need to. I I think. I think they're valid points too in approaching this album. Yeah, I think it is one that gets lost in the shuffle for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but there's a lot of good. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of good on here. There are some well-written songs for sure. Um, and Ronnie's point about during that time in the 80s, late 80s, and Jim's quote um, that he shared, uh, and the production of a lot of those, uh, the po- popular production of a lot of releases during that time um don't doesn't really hold up for me uh they have that big sound a lot of reverb and um crystal clear clean and i think that was kind of a result of like the punk post-punk um kind of vibe um and and then the pendulum swings again and then after that there's more indie sounding stuff that came later so um and i know ronnie likes to say that don't blame the production you know there's good songs in there but it's hard to get past some of that that really clean production sound that the late 80s had for me. Um, and I think a lot of releases suffer from it, but I would love to hear like a different production version of this because the songs the songs are there. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. The performances, I, I have to give it to the band. They're, some of those performances um, are great and their voice is always fantastic. So, yeah, I, I like the record. Um, it's just hasn't been one of my favorites yeah no and i think that's fair to say too i mean 
there are some albums that just come out that, you know, maybe just don't strike a chord. And one of the things we failed to say with Ronnie is, and to your point about the voices, the harmonies are thick on this album. I mean, yeah. they are just so good. I mean, but they've always been good, right? Every Bengals record. I just love that. Their harmonies are out of this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, and I'm glad they didn't end with this. For me, um, if this was their last album, that would be um, that would be a tragedy. Um, I know Ronnie's not a fan of Doll Revolution. I like that album quite a bit, but I think Sweetheart of the Sun is even a better record, personally. Um, and if that ends up being their last one, I wouldn't be surprised if it is. Um, I like that they ended with that rather than everything. I think we also have to be honest here and that is you know the things that bring us to a band that sound you know if a band is a band and in all its essence and spirit they evolve and they try new things and you know the sound goes through changes which is fine yeah um yeah i think as fans you and i have talked about it often bands that we love we're we're like give us more we want we still want to hear you and some bands are ready to do that and some aren't um then you know that's why i would hate to think oh the Bengals won't put out another album of originals but if it is so be it i think they've given us quite a you know quite a good array of albums and songs and sounds agreed and uh i mean but i always hold out hope i mean look at dream syndicate after how many years of zero activity then they're like bam 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 yeah and rain parade you know is going to be giving us a brand new album very soon and uh, in fact on may the 4th i mean it'll be too late for our listeners but uh, if you've been following the band's page or Matt Pucci's page, advertising the show up in San Francisco, which is the first of what we hope are many more. Yes. To um, give us give us access to these new songs and the band and everything. Yep. You know, long writers have done that. So you never know. Never know. Yep. Never know. Oh. This was a lot of fun. I think we need an. I think we need another uh, Ronnie Barnett series of. Um, hear me out. Underrated. Underrated. I would. Yeah, I would definitely like to participate in those or listen to those for sure. Perfect. I think, and I think we've all got at least an album or ten <laughs> that we can bring up. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyways, all right, mi gente. Agradecido. Groove on, Paisley people. Uh,